0: Welcome to Work Wrestle, the podcast for the Image Business Club, where we chat with the most interesting business leaders, founders and entrepreneurs in the hope that we can learn from and through their experiences. My name is Melanie Morris and I'm contributing editor at Image Media. Today's episode will be especially compelling for anyone with an interest in the luxury world as I get to chat with leading British jewelry designer Anushka Dukas MBE. Anushka is a long term friend of Image. Most of us have been fans of Anushka's work since her days as the founder of Links of London. Can you remember all those amazing silver cufflinks uh, and those sweetie bracelets? Well, that was just the beginning of Anushka's career. After selling Links of London in 2006 for what's reported to be in excess of a whopping £50 million sterling, Anushka founded her new fine jewellery business in 2009, creating a whole new category of wearable, stackable, precious jewellery loaded with style, individuality and personality. She has boutiques in all the landmark department stores in the UK, um, including Harrods, Liberty's, and Harvey Nichols, uh, plus her flagships in London and Hong Kong. But all of that is a mere fraction of the story, one which Anushka tells so well. So I hope you've the kettle on or you're out and about and plugged in because I know you'll enjoy this conversation. This season, we are delighted to welcome Range Rover as our podcast partners. Every Range Rover leads by example with modernist design, connected, refined interiors and electrified performance driving unrivaled luxury. So... Let's get started. And I'd like to say a huge welcome back to Dublin and to Image, to Anoushka Dukas. Anoushka Dukas, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's such a pleasure. It's lovely to see you. Well, it's lovely to have you back in Ireland because I think probably pre-COVID was the last time you were over here. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's I love coming
1: to Dublin, but I think it was about, yeah, I think you're right, 2018, something like that.
0: Gosh, well, it's good to know that you haven't changed um, and you've got lots of new collections of jewellery. But maybe before we start, I mean, obviously you are the founder of Anushka, the jewellery line. You have so much jewellery at your disposal to wear every day. It's probably, you know, a spoil of riches. What is your editing philosophy on what you choose to wear? Well, weirdly, I do have a a lot of jewellery to choose from, but I actually seem
1: to wear the same thing because I wear it all the time. So, uh, you can see today I've got my new knuckle necklace um, I think I've got my marguerite um, diamond necklace which I wear pretty much all the time swimming uh, in the bath everywhere and then I've got another um, bigger knuckle necklace with this actually this is a sample so I'm using it it's a it's a um, my new whistle so I've been testing it whistle with some lovely Uh, diamonds on the top of it whistle with diamonds on top of it (laughs) have (laughs) you used the whistle i have i've used the whistle we did a little (laughs) test yesterday actually i wanted to see if it worked if people would come and come to me
0: (laughs) quality control (laughs) Uh, and then you've a lovely stack
1: and then i've got a yes and then i've got a stack of bracelets which uh this one i've had ever since i've been 23 and then these are all different i I tend to end up with the samples actually okay because i'll test the samples. because I think probably not many people wear their jewellery hard like I do, and so it's a good way to test. So yes, yeah, so there's normally a good old stack of uh, of sampled or, or
0: bracelets on my arm. Brilliant, but I think isn't the joy of Anushka jewellery that it's jewellery to be worn totally. every day? I mean, absolutely, totally. Because I don't really see
1: the point of jewellery that's in the drawer. Um, and you know, this I think it's just about kind of wearing it. And enjoying wearing it, and not worrying about what goes particularly with what, as you can see, I've got quite a lot on, and it's it
0: all kind of seems to work together. Well, it's a collection that I think one can build, one can stack, one can interchange, and I mean you design with that in mind, don't you? I really do design with that in mind because I guess I design I, I design for myself because
1: I then that makes I really understand how to wear it and and how it works together, and whilst some of the collections don't look you know, they don't have the same look and feel, but they really work together across collections. Um, and I, I think you know you want to be able to buy a ring to add to your stack that you might have had a few years ago. and so it's all about texture and different material, different textures, different stones, um, different metals um, but always always gold, 18 karat gold. Oh fantastic. Why 18 karat? 18 karat was, I love the color. Um, I I mean, having having had Links of London before, um, it, I worked primarily in silver. And 18 karat gold it allows me to really work on the craft and the detail. Um, and I really love the fact that gold gets kind of a patina as it gets older. Um, a bit like ourselves. <laughs> a bit, yeah, quite. <laughs> um, and I think what's really important is 18 karat gold will be around in 500 years time and it will last. And so there's that whole piece of, you know, the legacy, the passing
0: down, the memory, all of those things that just last forever in 18 karat gold. It's it's a beautiful idea and it's beautiful to know that your jewellery is going to have that longevity in it. Um, it's really, really interesting. And, and you touched there and, and let's get back to the beginning because you're not a jewellery designer, by trade, am I right? Yeah, you are right. What was your first job? I was an estate agent. Okay. <laughs> so, could you give us the story as to and and I know Anushka isn't your first jewelry business, could, but could you talk us through the quite unlikely story of how you ended up here today?
1: I'll keep it. I'll <laughs> try and keep it brief, but um, you know, it is an unlikely story, a very unusual story. So, my, uh, I live, I was living in Hong Kong. Um, And I was, as I said, I was working for uh, Hamptons, actually, working as an estate agent, selling London property to Chinese investors at the time. Um, And my mother rang me and she said, look, I've got, um," she used to supply fish to all the very best restaurants in London, so from the Gavroche to Annabelle's to Claridge's and so on. So I've got 60 chefs, they're all men, I desperately need to give them Christmas present." Have you got any ideas? I said, like, not really, Mum. I'm kind of selling property, but I'd actually I rang her back and said, actually, I've I've been have just been to the Philippines where I'd found a silver workshop, and I'd had some silver jewellery made. So I said, why don't we find a picture of some fish in a book? We'll make them into cufflinks. You can give those to the chefs because you know. So we so I so got we made fish on one side and fish bones on the other side, um, and made by this lovely uh, workshop in the Philippines. But it was cheaper to make double, So I thought, okay, well, we'll make 120 pairs of these cufflinks, by which time I went back to London. And um, so I sold mum the first 60. And then in my lunch hour from Hamptons, I was thinking, okay, what should I do with this? So I I rang Harvey Nichols in London. I'll never forget, lovely, uh, the buyer was called Fiona Duff. And, um, And then it was, you know, it was a long time ago, so you had to ring, it was all a bit scary, to ring up and make an appointment. Um, And when I went to see her, she said, look, these fish cufflinks are fab, um, but I can't take one design. So if you can come back and show me some more, uh, you know, love to see. And I think she thought, bye bye, never see you again. (laughs) Anyway, so I went back to a few weeks later with, um, you know, I think it was about six designs, but kind of pig head bum, pig head on one side, bum on the other side. With a little curly tail. (laughs) With a little curly tail, golf bag, golf ball. So these are all cufflinks. And um, anyway, she she said, "Okay, well, I'll take all of these." Um, and then I thought, "Okay, well, I'm going to send literally every friend I knew into Harvey Nichols uh, to buy these cufflinks." And Fiona Ramsey said, "Sales are amazing." <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so to cut a long story short. So that was the beginning of Links of London, um, and that's really how I started. I, I guess that's how I started designing.
0: So did you hand in the notice?
1: No, then um, I didn't hand in my notice. Quite. My my mother died very suddenly, and I ended up taking over her fish business. Uh, so unlikely, but I I ended up taking over the fish business. Uh, and then I said, if fish in the morning, four thirty in the morning is to go to the to go to the boats and um, at four thirty buy fish off the boats and ring up all these restaurants uh, that we'd given cufflinks to. And then I'd go home, have a quick shower, and then I would start doing uh, links in the afternoon. (laughs) Oh my
0: god! So in those days, in the links days, in the early days, were you designing? Were you also head of HR, head of logistics, yeah, and head of head
1: of fish filleting, head of all sorts of things?
0: (laughs) Um, And did you have a family at that stage?
1: No, I was 23. Um, 23? Yeah, no, I was 23. And I had just started going out with my now husband, John. And
0: was he involved in the business at this stage? Uh, He did businesses. businesses.
1: He wasn't involved in the fish, but he was, uh, yes, he was involved in in, uh, Links of London. He was, at the time, he was living in Hong Kong. He was a lawyer in Hong Kong. And he rang me and he said, look, you've got to do, um, I've worked it out, 75,000 turnover in year one. And I'm like, actually, I've got a fish business to run. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he was very involved and has always been in terms of um, the strategy and setting up the business.
0: So the pair of you have grown up in business together, learning a whole heap. Of, John was a lawyer, am I right? Yeah. So learning a whole heap of new skills together. Yeah, And correct. growing a business and growing yourselves together. Yeah, know and, um, and four children, so. Oh my it's been goodness! Very lucky. Me and to this day, John is still obviously a very important figure in the business. Very much,
1: yeah. Uh, no, he uh, he's chairman of the business, and he's um, and he's always been very involved,
0: but not necessarily day to day anymore. Mm. Um, Links of London was a hugely successful brand. I mean, by the time you'd reached uh, selling time with it, can you give us an idea of how big it was and so the reach? We uh,
1: we sold it in two thousand and six. And um, I think we had fifty stores around the world, and probably about four hundred people. I think. Wow. Yeah, it was that was part of the reason for selling it for me? Because um, it's it had got a bit big for me, a bit and corporate.
0: Did you wake up one day going, "That's it"? Or how did that decision process come about? No, I think I um,
1: uh, I I always thought I'd like to sell it by the time I'm forty. What goodness knows why? I don't know why. But, you know, you, you you have, we had guarantees on the house, we had personal guarantees, all of those things. And also, as it got bigger, um, you know, as I said, we had these stores rather well. So I was on a plane a lot. Um, and I thought, you know, I need to be a better mummy.
0: That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How old, what sort of age were your kids at that well, stage? Well, I
1: think, um, I think my eldest uh, was about 13, 14, maybe. Um, and then... Oscar would have been really quite, you know, seven or
0: right. something like that. So you wanted to spend more time at yeah. home. My maths isn't that good, so I can't remember yeah. exactly <laughs> who they were. Mm.
1: But I wanted to spend a bit more time with them, um, and and less travel, and you know. So
0: how many countries were you in? Gosh, I can't really remember because you were quite spread around, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, we were. You, were you know, in Dublin? We
1: were, we were Dublin first. We were in uh, New York. we were in Hong Kong. We we're in Singapore. We were in. Um, Australia we were we were quite widely
0: i am just thinking your time management between getting up at 4 30 in the morning with the fish business probably taught you well with managing different time zones and yeah no well I'm well I'm a real morning person okay. <laughs> you know, so coming here was no problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes we should say we're recording at eight in the morning yeah. so it yeah. is an early start <laughs> but um so anyway you decided okay time to time to become a mom time to become a mom so I thought <laughs> in 2006. Yes. And how long did that last? It lasted,
1: uh, about a year. Okay. Um, yeah, I got, I think it, I, I think I've really worked since I was 18. So, um, suddenly not to be working. I think, I think my children, I think everybody thought, you know what, you need to get a day job. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I loved, I love that, but I love, I love what I do. And, um, Anyway, so then I, I had continued to design jewellery for myself um, because I couldn't find what I wanted. And actually in 2006, the landscape for jewellery is very, very different to what it is now. So there was very little between links of London uh, and the high jewellers. So, you know, whether it's Cartier and Boucheron. But when I'm talking about those, those, um, those houses, you know to get to find something that was very individual and not what everybody else had you have to commission it and it would start with probably six figures um so the opportunity there was an a, there was an opportunity to design jewelry for women wanting to buy jewelry for themselves
0: which in 2006 was actually very rare, wasn't it? It did seem to be very rare. Certainly in, certainly in England, it was very yeah. rare. And nowadays, you know, with your business model, what kind of percentage is it made up of women buying for themselves?
1: Oh, my God. I mean, it, it's something like 85%. I mean, it's enormous. And whilst that had always been the intention, but I never thought that the percentage would be that high. So it's 85% women buying for themselves, and the rest... Is probably men under instruction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know that you do wish list cards when yes. you go into the boutiques. So, but it's isn't it wonderful to know that we are doing that and we are now doing it in a way that it is sustainable to to businesses. Yeah. There's enough of us buying jewelry for ourselves. Oh no, no, it's wonderful. And is it that? to mark occasions or is it? out of love or do people save up for pieces or I think it's all of the above actually mm. but
1: jewelry is for for me it's really is about uh memories, marking occasions. It could just be because I can. Mm. Uh, it could be because I got a promotion or it could be because I had a baby or you know there are so many reasons to buy jewelry. And I'm sure if you think about your own jewellery, you'll know that it was given to you this time and it, it, it and you remember exactly why who was wearing it did it belong to my grandmother or you know whatever mm. um but it, it really is about memory and kind of moments and so
0: I think women are kind of embracing that more and more yeah and um, and also it's a way of expressing individuality totally. which your pieces I think do and beautiful and all as the huge big houses are there isn't an individuality about that there's a sort of a uniformity about that whereas yeah. i think anushka pieces could you describe some of the the, the the kind of the signatures because your amulets and your charms are really really important to the collections aren't they they are really important i
1: mean I, as you say um i really want you to be able to wear my jewelry any way that you want to wear it so i don't want to be prescriptive about it so i like my jewelry to be really playful so if you can wear it different ways. So, you know, even stacking rings, for example, they, I really consciously think they'll look great together, but they'll look, also look equally great with a ring that you might have. Because I'm under no illusion; people aren't just going to buy their jewellery for me. So it has to work for you. And so the playful element is really important. So, you know, on my knuckle collection, for example. Which is one that you launched just towards the end of last year, am I, right? Absolutely, Yeah. yeah. Um, And it's very, uh, you know, it's very simple, very unembellished, but you can wear the bracelet and then the bracelet will convert and add into the necklace and then the necklace can become, you know, longer or shorter. And all of those things are really important to me. And the same, as you say, with the amulets, um, they all have an opening bale so that they can be worn on a chain that I have designed or perhaps something that you already have and can add to your collection, because that's all about your story, your narrative.
0: But they're they're also really, you've such a wide range of amulets and charms. You know, I'm thinking you have birds, you have evil eyes. You've done some amazing work. Could you tell us with The Vampire's Wife?
1: Oh, oh, that's been a wonderful project. Um, So we did a collaboration um, with Susie Cave, um, who, uh, when she started The Vampire's Wife a few years ago, um, and that was, that was a wonderful, it was a wonderful experience. I had never done a collaboration before. Um, and Susie was a friend, uh, is a friend and she kind of lives nearby. So we really did it over the kitchen table. Um, and it's, it's a collection of 13 charms, all based around Susie's favorite Nick Cave songs. Um, so, you know, whether it's Wild Rose or the Weeping Song or whatever, whatever all the songs are, um. And they're adorable. You know, the little church, for example, and uh, when you open the church, if you look inside, the um, I'm all about the detail, but if you look inside under a little magnifying glass, it's unmistakably Nick and Susie getting married. So you can see she's got long hair and Nick has that very identifiable hair. And so all of those things, are, and that was a that was done for um, gods in the house.
0: Oh my! Well, it's like people who can write on rice grains, you know, the yeah. level of detail. But it's really interesting because I'm sure your designing with links of London was great fun and fascinating. But what you're doing with Anushka obviously must have brought a whole load of new skill sets because there are stones to be taken into account. There's, as you were saying, you know, the 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 new gold to work with. Um, How did you upskill with all of this?
1: I learned, you know, I mean, I've learned so much along the way. Um, But, you know, so having not trained, actually, um, it's got advantages and disadvantages. So, you know, sitting with workshops and sitting with real craftsmen to understand how they go about it. And then, you know, having, having come at it from the outside, I'll look at it and go, well, actually, if you change the, uh, polishing brush, for example, um, we might be able to m- do this differently, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, um, I've, I've just really enjoyed the process of learning more about stones and learning about recycled gold and really trying to kind of be as responsible with it as I can. Um, and trying to educate people about
0: what I'm doing. And how, ha- how do you divide the labor uh, in anushka. you know what does John look after and what do you look after well John
1: just looks after the future and he's very good at telling me what I should be doing <laughs> <laughs> funny that <laughs> um, and and I look after anything uh visual and from a design perspective um and Actually, I'm, I'm very excited because we've just appointed somebody new to come and uh, come and run it day to day, which is... A CEO. A CEO. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, which because is really exciting. A third,
0: a third prong in the, yes. in the wheel or we'll whatever. We'll have a whole
1: yeah. fresh new eyes about it. And
0: uh, so quite often
1: it's difficult to step away and see, you know, what's right under your nose.
0: Um, so I'm really excited about that. But it's interesting because I think so many women or men who start in business, I mean, you know, we can see where your strengths lie or whatever but also you need to be a property developer which handily enough your, your John's experience <laughs> you know to find your boutiques a negotiator Um, you need to be an HR department yes. because how many people do you now employ through Anushka? I think uh, now we're about um, 60. So that's getting big and how many boutiques do you have?
1: So we have um, two standalone boutiques in London and one of my studios in Chelsea. Um, and then we have another one on just off Bond Street um, on in South Molton Street. And then a couple in Hong Kong. And then we're in Harrods, Harvey Nichols, Liberty. Um, but they're standalone sh-
0: store. They're the, stores within they're with a department concessions, store. Exactly. It's not just a counter. It's a store. It's a it's a store. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there's an awful lot of people management involved there as well. There is a lot of people management, which oh. takes from design time. So is this something that the CEO is going to? She's going to do more of that. Brilliant. Um, yes. So
1: it's exciting, but um, but also sh- she's had a fascinating um, background. And so you know she comes with a lot of experience that I don't have, so very vid- digitally focused and um and very good on the whole customer experience from end to end. so I'm really excited about that, <laughs>
0: which gives you an awful lot more time to so, focus yeah, on product much more time yeah um when you're sourcing your stones uh, how, how does that journey begin and and how did you learn what parts of the world um were well, better for what
1: well that's, that's an interesting one. I mean, it's the best excuse to to, to go on holiday, where to choose my holiday <laughs> destinations. Um, so it could really vary. So, you know, I had a lady ring me, um, a Filipino lady rang me out of the blue. I didn't know her. And she said, I'd like to come and talk to you about golden pearls, for example. So I knew nothing about pearls because I've never used pearls before, she, you know, other than freshwater pearls. I'd never really used pearls. Anyway, she came and talked to me about pearls. So I learned a lot that pearls are uh, generally sold by the bucket load at auction. So that the pearl farmer gets an absolute minute fraction of the the, the pearl price that, you know, jewelry designers or anyone will be paying. So that was fascinating. And she, anyway, I was like, okay, I'm gonna to come to the Philippines and understand more about this. And for me, that was just a joy because actually at Links of London, everything was made in the Philippines. Um, and we probably employed about 400 people um, in the workshops. So I feel like I owe the Philippines a lot. Um, so when I went back to, uh, t- to this little island called Ilu Ilu and really learned, met the pearl farmers Um, And so now I buy my golden pearls direct from the pearl farm. So he's getting all the money. And also one of the things that I love about that is that, you know, usually people want perfect matching pearls. I'm less interested in perfect matching pearls because it means that I can buy a lot of his pearls. They don't have to match absolutely perfectly, um, but I'll just design the setting around the pearl so that it enables me to have not a perfectly round pearl and I'll and I'll use a setting to
0: disguise that a little bit but it also shows off the beauty of the natural product as Absolutely. opposed to trying to shoehorn the natural product into becoming something exactly it's not
1: but did you know i mean i didn't know all of this but did you know that pearls they they uh they put the oyster down and once a month they have to go down get the oyster bring it up and scrub it to stop Contamination.
0: Who knew? So they literally have to mind every single yeah. oyster. I never knew that. Yeah. I mean it's absolutely fascinating. And and you know,
1: so why doesn't the pearl farmer get the majority of the money? Well he's done the work. And he's done the work. Mm.
0: Do you use lab grown diamonds, or what do you feel around that?
1: I don't use lab grown diamonds. I'm I'm a real believer, you know, actually if you never mined another diamond, there'd be plenty of diamonds in the world. So why would I start creating new ones um and you know uh, there's something about the fact that they've come from the earth and you know and they too have their story and their entire history and legacy so um I'm not a believer uh for my business to use lab grown diamonds i mean, lab grown diamonds ultimately they use a huge amount of energy you know there's a lot of electricity involved etc etc so you know there are lots of reasons but
0: I want to know that my diamond has come from the earth. That might just be me. And you use all sorts of different diamonds. It's not just the four C's in your book, is it?
1: No, I love, I, you know, I had a collection called Dusty Diamonds. Um, and I I love the kind of characteristics and you can just use them different ways and celebrate the different colours and look colour grading and you know it's
0: uh it no it's it's a joy to, to be able to do that. Something that I saw on your website that I hadn't heard of before are salt and pepper diamonds. What, what are they? So salt
1: and pepper diamonds um, are diamonds typically that have quite a lot of inclusion. So they might be, you know, spotted with black or spotted with kind of grey and they're beautiful diamonds they're just not all about the four Cs, but they've got wonderful characteristics and depending on what color stone or what you enhance them with um they're absolutely beautiful and they've come from the earth exactly like that and then cut
0: it would be what i would call in my mind an organic diamond quite well, absolutely <laughs> you know when you pull untreated. out an organic carrot it probably doesn't <laughs> look like the one in the supermarket ad but actually i prefer the organic one
1: exactly yeah uh, no so uh, so I've, i have real pleasure in using using stones that perhaps other people don't like to use um but because it's all about the characteristics
0: of that particular stone yeah we hope you're enjoying this month's work wrestle with anushka Dukas in partnership with range rover Join the Range Rover Electric waiting list for an opportunity to be among the first to place a pre order. We've added a link to the episode notes that accompany this podcast so you can find out more and register your interests. Can I ask you about um, Anushka Dukas as the businesswoman? Um, it sounds to me that you've always been an organic worker, maybe a bit of a juggler. Is that something that you inherited from your mom or was circumstance around that? Well, I think it's probably a bit of both, actually. Um, I'm, my mother uh,
1: was Russian. She used to import Russian horses. So when I was very young, I used to go to kind of Soviet Russia with her to the depths of goodness knows where. Wow. Um, so she started by doing that, and then all the rules changed, and she started this fish business. Um, so I guess I, I was surrounded by that as a child. Very entrepreneurial. Very entrepreneurial, yeah. I think, you know, needs must actually. <laughs> well, that's the um, other motivating yes. force. Yeah. Um, so, to, so I guess, you know, you, by osmosis, you, you, get, you, you get that. And, but like most women, you know, we all have to juggle everything, you know, whether it's career, children, you know, all of the things that we, you know, we all have to juggle it. Um,
0: and I think it's kind of second nature to me now. Are you good at working on the hop or do you need to go to a desk or what's your sort of format of working? No, my format
1: is very much on the hop. I, um, John always says to me, I really think you should go and sit down somewhere. Um, but I, I've always done that. Yeah. So you know,
0: There's a lovely continuity of relationship. Um, you know, I, I love this story. Am I right that your knuckle collection that you're yeah. talking about, that that has a sort of a history with your links collections?
1: Yeah, no, God, you know, that's been such part of the the whole uh designing the knuckle collection. It's been such a pleasure because there are very few people that, I don't know if you know Melanie, but actually uh chains uh in jewelry are 95%, I would say even more, are made by machine. Um and my knuckle collection is made entirely by hand. Um and I went I knew when I when I had the idea to design it who should make it. And it's somebody in Arezzo who I worked with many, many years ago uh, at Lynx when we created the Sweetie Bracelet. And um, so I work with Dino, who's now 82, I think. Arezzo is in Italy. In Italy, Northern Italy, yeah. Um, So Dino
0: made the Sweetie Bracelets back in the day. He did. And now he's working with you again. It's it's just such a
1: lovely story. And, um, you know, so I've known him for, 32 years or something Um, and he's an absolute master craftsman so you know it works beautifully the class all work like clockwork and and that's really thanks to
0: thanks to his expertise. But it's really interesting because it sounds to me there seems to be a really beautiful handcrafted personal story about everything you put your hand to whether it's the people you collaborate with and I know in the early days of Anushka, you used to work with a lot of Younger designers, didn't you, and give them a break in the Anushka yeah, stores.
1: You're right. No, we have kind of guest designers, um, and typically they will be doing something that either friends who I've known or people whose work I really uh, admire, um, and that's that's about introducing clients to a kind of new technique, new ways of doing things. You know that is doesn't compete with me, but is just really is just really interesting. And I, I really enjoy that. And and those might be designers, but other, you know, as you say, I, I have mentored a lot of young, you know, young students and work very closely with Central St. Martin's um and and mentor some of their second-year um, uh, students. Lucky them. Uh, no, it's really well, it's fun, but because you learn it, it's a two-way street, you know, you learn lots of new things, lots of new approaches. Um, and I think it just keeps you relevant. It's just, and, and you know, I wish I'd had someone to teach me a bit about, you know, some of the more commercial elements. It, well, in my case, it wasn't so much that
0: actually. It was more about actually making jewellery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the relevance thing actually is a really interesting subject because I think when you're young, you never think about it. But obviously, as you get through your career, obviously one gets a certain amount of experience under the belt, yeah. which brings knowledge. But what you're... What, your in what you could lose is relevance yes and that's your on the ground market research isn't it yeah,
1: it absolutely is and whether that's uh from you know yeah i mean my my children are absolutely fountain of of information for me about how people think about things how they how they wear things all of those things that are so important as you say as you get older um and so, you know, uh, as I say, it's an absolute two-way street, mm. really. Enjoying. I think
0: you were one of the first upmarket design brands to sell single earrings. Uh maybe I was, but that again, that's my children.
1: So, uh, why did I do that? It's because I've got two girls and every week one would come back with more and more piercings. And I go, "What's that about?" She said because then you I can wear more of your jewelry. And then the <laughs> next one started having piercings and she said, well, I'm doing it because Marina thinks that uh, she's got more jewelry than me. So I have to keep up. (laughs) So there's multiple
0: piercings, but I kind of had to address that need. (laughs) But I think it's also great because you can buy one earring and then if you decide you want to invest in a second one, you now have a pair Uh, or if you lose one and you need to replace yeah, no, it's you know, quite it's handy. It's also kind yeah, of yeah, handy, handy no, it is quite as well. Handy, yeah. But, I mean, you must have seen trends change an awful lot because I think you started your business just after the big recession of 2008, 2009. Absolutely right, yeah. And 10 have 10. you seen trends change? Are people spending more now on pieces? I think that they're just spending it differently,
1: more, you know, wisely. Um, for me, I th- I'm thrilled to see that that people are really understanding a bit more about real 18 karat gold jewelry as opposed to gold plated jewelry and that is a real education because you know people particularly digitally will talk about gold jewelry but actually it's gold plated over a base metal and ultimately the gold will rub off and you'll end up with something that is not wearable anymore and what is it's really landfill Mm. so Mm. uh there is a real education that still needs to happen and under to understand the difference um,
0: are people buying much online very much so really yeah. Yeah. will they have been into a boutique to engage with the piece first or I think um I think
1: typically they might have been into a boutique, but you know we'll we're,
0: we're shipping to fifty
1: something countries around the world, so it's hard to know I think um. I mean, in the states, for example, they're so used to buying online um, that there's no there's no reluctance. But it's always difficult to know whether people have been through a department store and seen it in store, but and picked it up and touched it, and then feel confident to buy online, or have they seen a friend with it? It's it's. But I think it's becoming you know, mm. more and more normal.
0: Your online experience is lovely, though, because your packaging is so beautiful. And everything comes as though one had bought it in the store. Well, that's what we, you you, you are right. And that's what we
1: aim to do. But, um, you know, it's the packaging and the presentation is easy to do online. What's much more difficult to do online is for my jewellery is to show you how playful it is, how versatile it is, how, you know, you can take this bottom of this part of this earring off and wear it singly. Um. All of those things are, are kind of more of a challenge. Mm.
0: Um, talk to me a little bit about the experience in your boutiques because I was looking at your brochure last night and I loved that the last page was, you know, enjoy the joy or whatever or come in and just try it on for the hell of it. <laughs> I'm glad you read that. <laughs> because it is. You, there is no pressure to buy when you go in. It's a lovely
1: experience. Well, I'm glad about that because I think um, I, I am pretty fanatical, have always been about that because I think jewellery just by its very nature has to be under glass. So immediately you're putting the barriers up. Um, so I'm very, uh, I'm very conscious of that. So we have we have an open door policy. We have music. Uh, the f- You know, actually things have changed a lot since we first opened. But, you know, you don't want to be terribly conscious of yourself or click-clack heels. I mean, I guess we're all wearing trainers now, so there's less of an issue. Mm. But um, it should be be fun. It shouldn't be frightening in any way just because it's under glass and those are all the challenges. So we really – I really want people to come in and just feel it because jewellery is not meant to be under glass. The moment – it only comes alive when you put it on your skin and you – you actually start to play with it and it feels good and it sounds good and all of those things. And your team
0: seem to get in on the experience. You know, that I've i been into various boutiques and you take out a ring and they go, no, 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 try this. And they get really involved. And it's not about making the sale, but it's about familiarizing yourself with the product or familiarizing the customer. Am I right? Well, I'm delighted that you've had that,
1: that, mm. that, that works, but, but they, they, they genuinely, you know, they genuinely love what they do and they love the way the jewellery is really versatile. Um, so it's, it's important to show it because if you don't show it, you can't really imagine it. I always think, always think that everything's terribly obvious and I've learned over the years that actually it's not so obvious. And when you're, you know, when you're designing it, it seems so obvious, you know, even look at this ring, this knuckle ring, whereas I, you know, it seems obvious to me that you know it's going to open. But um, it's beautiful, but it's very playful. And, you know, and and the girls will have to show you that this ring, for example, clips into this knuckle necklace and it becomes a pendant. And so there are lots of
0: ways they have to show you. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think the other thing about going into the stores, which is so great, is the prices are visible, which is a no brainer. But at least, you know, where you stand with something you don't have to keep saying. And how much is this? And how much is this? Well, all of that is just embarrassing yeah. isn't it it's yeah. just that you feel makes you
1: feel awkward so i really want to put people at ease where i can
0: are these all things that you consciously thought out that i'm mentioning or is or it's is very a consciously no, okay no, very okay. consciously thought out <laughs> so yeah. this is the jewelry shop equivalent of the supermarkets that have the bakery smell when you come in well i don't <laughs> know about that but I, it shouldn't be okay i understand
1: what you mean i'm like yeah. mm. um yes i hope that's what it is you know to make people feel really really comfortable and not embarrassed to ask to
0: try something on mm. tell me about your podcast and how it came about because it's one that i found just towards the end of last year online by chance but it's a beautiful listen oh thank you um i i'm a man i'm i i
1: have this idea for this podcast because i absolutely love desert islandists and i've listened to it always and as I was listening to it one day, I was thinking, God, I'd be so I could do this. I could do the same thing, but in life in charms. So I say to Melanie, what you know, I say to you, what would your life look like in Seven Charms? And at the moment you say that to somebody, you can almost see them thinking, oh, what would it look like? Um, so you know, you I'm sure you'd be describing
0: something. There'd Journalism, have to be a magazine there'd cover. Be a
1: magazine, there'd be a bit of
0: lipstick. Maybe a there. little bit of lipstick. <laughs> maybe a doggy paw. I know you do a doggy paw yes. charm already. Yeah, exactly. And
1: we and you. So the idea is that you will talk me through your life around those seven charms, and I will sketch them for you. Um, and we'll talk around them. Um, and then at the end, I'll ask you a bit like um, a bit like you do for for the for the discs, um, which one is going to be the one that I will make for you as a, as a thank you for coming to talk to me about it. Um, and I genuinely have no idea what the guest is going to say. And so it's just, it's just, it's a fascinating way. But, and we, it, it's really, I started from that idea, but actually it kind of illustrates the bespoke service that we that we offer, which is an 18 karat gold autobiography. Um, and where, where we will make, charms individually for, for people who to, to absolutely encapsulate a moment that they particularly want to want to remember.
0: So people can get individual charms,
1: multiple charms? Yes. So so absolutely people can come and commission whatever they they think of. But it's interesting. So part of the reason for the podcast is actually we've been doing this bespoke service for quite a long time. But when I say, you know, you can make anything and just let's encapsulate a memory. Actually, people find it quite difficult mm. to do. So almost what needs to happen is they need to tell me what they're trying to remember and what the circumstances might be around it, etc. And if they can't think of what their charm will be, I'll think of what the charm will be and I'll sketch it for them. So, so
0: you're a psychologist as well as everything else. Well, I don't know about psychologists, <laughs> but for
1: me it's like, you know, um, I'm just trying to think of one that we've done. So this lady told me that she has a, she has a dog called Ajax and another dog called Digest called Biscuit. Mm-hmm. And in my head, the moment she said Ajax, I'm like, okay, well, it's a washing powder, and you know. So we made little, you know, s- s- blue sapphire and red uh, ruby little version of a wash of a the washing powder packet for her Brilliant. dog, and. Um, and I made a light digestive for the biscuit. Oh, her very biscuit. cute! So those are things, wonderful things. And we had another client who um, who proposed uh, to his wife from a telephone box in Hull. So we made the little telephone box and written Hull on the bottom. And, That's you know,
0: so much nicer because I love your approach. To this so it's not about making an engagement ring no. it's the telephone box it's not about so i might have to revise my paw print request that you want you, you you find something an awful lot more personal attached okay. to the occasion or the item or the person
1: yes yeah, i think it's the story that goes behind oh it. brilliant
0: and yeah. um, who have you interviewed on your podcast and you know who stands out or what did they request or any of the particular um, stand out
1: i really i loved uh, talking to amanda yeah. wakely um
0: the british fashion designer. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um because we started our business at very similar times so it's fascinating to talk about our particular journeys and how she's evolved, etc. Um and one of the most fascinating ladies was um, Mrs B who started Browns. Yes, Mrs you know, Bernstein. Mi- absolutely. Yes. Um and you know she's I'm sure she wouldn't mind me telling you uh, she's 93. And what a life. And actually the the most pleasing thing is we did it and um, it was absolutely fascinating. And she rang me and she said, oh my goodness, I've had my whole family on the telephone because they had no idea about all of these stories. Because she talked about how she got engaged uh, to her husband and he took an apple to the cinema. And um, it was just
0: a really wonderful, wonderful um, story. I must listen to that one because she's fascinating because I remember she used to buy all the design, the Central St. Martin's uh, students' uh, collections and put them in the window of her boutique. But one was John Galliano. Exactly. I remember. So she was responsible for so many people's careers. So
1: many people's careers. Yeah. I mean, you know, Manolo Blahnik. I mean, it was just extraordinary. Um, and the other one, if you haven't listened to, is um, Lady Anne Glenconnor. Uh, <gasps> Princess Margaret's bestie. Yeah. And she was just just absolutely brilliant.
0: And what charm did you design for her? Um, Can you remember?
1: Well, she she's just written a book when I spoke to her. Um, so it was all about the book. So oh, I made brilliant, a book. Brilliant. Yeah, totally.
0: If somebody told you you could have, has anyone asked you this question? You could have won charm yourself?
1: No.
0: Have you designed any charms for yourself?
1: I have, yes. I've just well, I started this whole process by mm. designing my life in, in Seven Charms. And so I kind of thought my approach was. I'm going to think about my kind of earliest memory and, and you know, what has been really important in my life. My earliest memory was dancing with my mummy, age five, I think. And I'll never forget, it was to the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. So I've made a little yellow submarine in, in yellow diamonds. Oh, cute. Um, and that was one. And then I've got one, uh, which is a little peepop with four pearls in it. And that's to represent my four children. And then I said to John, okay, I'm going to represent you. I'm going to be my kind of rock, my gold rock. And typical man, he said, I don't want to be a gold rock. So I said, what do you want to be then? He said, well, I want to be sex on legs. (laughs) <laughs> so I've got a charm that's written sex and then it's got two little legs off it.
0: <laughs> he's, a f- he's fascinating because am I right that he invests in an awful lot of young luxury brands? He does, yeah, no,
1: you're absolutely right. He started um, Brands of Tomorrow for Walpole many, many years ago. Who are Walpole? Uh, Walpole represent the best in British luxury. Oh, right.
0: Um, yes. So he started Brands, brands of Tomorrow. Yes. And what, how does that business work?
1: And that is a kind of mentorship program. So brands, small brands, apply, um, and they they, they, there's a panel, and they get voted on, and they basically get uh, kind of mentorship and help um, for a year um, in order to kind of help them through some of the difficulties of new business.
0: So it's a bit like um, Devil or Dragon's Den. I guess so. <laughs> in a nicer environment. I guess it. I think it's a nicer environment. Are, are you involved in that? I'm not anymore, but I used to be. Yeah, I used, used to be. To be. Um, Anushka, are you ever going to slow down? Are you going to keep, are you at the rolling stone? I can't really imagine not working. I mean, mm. I'm, I, I'm, you know, as I said, I've
1: got my lovely uh, new CEO, uh, Zia, who started. Um, and I think that will allow me to, to slow down a bit and just think, uh, spend more time on the design, more time going to some of the mines I'd like to go to, going to you know to to really see where where some of the stones come from, and just have more time to do that. Travel
0: obviously features big in your life.
1: Well, it features big in my life, but it always has featured very big in my life. I'm an only child, so I used to travel with my mother a lot um, from a very young age. But travel is the kind of opener of mind and kind of thought process,
0: and you know, just how people wear jewelry. How you, you know? Yeah. Have you ever know? Have you ever noticed that you're a woman in business? You know, have you ever come across any obstacles to being a woman in business? I'm quite often asked this, and I genuinely either I just haven't
1: noticed, Mm-mm. but I think. You know, when I um inherited my mother's fish business, um I was really adopted by the by the all the fishermen, you know. And actually they were all men and, you know, all quite noisy and opinionated. Um and and they they just were so kind to me. And I don't really know what it would have been like if I'd been a man. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were expe- particularly kind because I was 23 and um and a girl. But I've never, I don't, I I genuinely don't think I've noticed that being a woman has, has, you know, been a problem.
0: But isn't it fascinating how, you know, and I mean, it's the same, it's the same with all humans and all life. So much of your confidence and your experience comes from an early experience. And had you not had that nurturing experience back in your early business days, it could completely have shadowed everything else.
1: You're absolutely right. I, I, I I don't really think about it because... I only really think about it when someone says, has it been difficult? And I'm like, no, yeah. it hasn't been difficult. But I don't know whether it's just like, no, I'm just going to do this. There's no,
0: I don't, there's no question about being a woman. It doesn't really matter. Brilliant. Anushka, are you ready for some quick, quick fire questions? The questions that we usually ask everyone. You have five minutes to get ready in the morning. What is your surefire work uniform that you can rely on?
1: Uh, I want a really good pair of earrings obviously first, because, uh, and, and in COVID, we really noticed that. Okay. Neck, e- up. Earrings. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> neck up. Yep, neck up. Yep. Good pair of earrings, um, good lipstick. Um, I really like to wear a, either a jumpsuit or a dress because I don't have to make any decisions. How mm-hmm. <laughs> I many is that?
0: That's okay. That's, that's three it. things. And then are you a runner's girl, trainer's girl, or a shields girl? Oh, trainers all the way. I know. I think we so got used to soft shoes. Uh, and anything else is a challenge? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I stage. mean, trainers all the way. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, you've been coming and going to Dublin for, you know, for a good few years now. Um, anywhere that you love coming back to? Oh, I mean,
1: I I love coming back to the Merion. It's just such a wonderful welcome. You do it's, your trunk shows there, don't I you? I do my trunk shows yeah. there. And... Um, the welcome's wonderful. It's the most comfortable, beautiful hotel surrounded by all this incredible art. Um, so, yeah. that's.
0: And any new finds in Dublin on this
1: trip? Um, yeah, new find. Um, I've been to a restaurant that I didn't know about until this time um, called um, China Sichuan, um, which was. Absolutely delicious food.
0: There was a lovely story about how that happened, isn't there?
1: Yes. So I've I, I, had a client who I met in Hong Kong, literally happened to be in Hong Kong at the same time as her. She um, she runs the Asian
0: market. Eva uh, Pow. Eva yeah. Powell, Who exactly. is our former Image Businesswoman of the Year. Oh, wow. Well. Yes. Well, I met Small her. Small
1: world. Small world, yes. And she said, oh, I love your jewellery. All my friends love your jewellery. Uh, why don't you come to Dublin? Anyway, so here I am in Dublin and Eva had this dinner at China Sichuan um, and uh, she said she wanted to introduce uh, me to to you know some of her friends that didn't know the jewelry so that's how I ended up there Brilliant. and what an
0: absolutely you know delicious feast we had for. Well, it was a great night because we all dressed up in very decadent jewellery and <laughs> ate delicious food. But I think what's so interesting about that was this was a promise that was made on the other half of the world in yeah. the Mandarin Oriental in Hong Kong. Yeah. And it happened. I know. I mean who and here I am. I, it's absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. <laughs> um so obviously a lot of Irish people, we go to London lots. Can you give us a bit of a steer? Now I'm going to ask you for three restaurants or hotels or places. First place, a good place to go for a work, lunch or gathering? Um, I really love going to
1: uh, Manicomo, which happens to be in Chelsea, five minutes walk from my office. Um, delicious Italian food, always, always delicious
0: and uh, lovely welcome. Um, just very comfortable, easy place to kind of chat. Brilliant, brilliant. Um good place for afternoon tea because everyone always thinks of London and a little treat afternoon tea. Well, I mean, you have to go to Claridge's. No one ever doesn't want to go to Claridge's. Gorgeous. <laughs> book in advance, isn't that the Definitely day? book
1: in advance, And yeah. then
0: around South Moulton Street to your store?
1: Uh, and then across the road.
0: <laughs> Absolutely right. Thank Brilliant. you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and if you were going for dinner with John or somewhere with one of your kids that was special for an occasion?
1: Well, fun enough, uh, I'm. I, I'm not. Uh, there seems to be a theme here, but actually, we have a restaurant around the corner from us, um, which is probably some of the best Chinese food in in London, and it's called Hunan. Um, and it's not necessarily because of the the um, environment, but the food is delicious. And for me, one of the one of the most luxurious things is not to have to make a decision. So you sit there, and they come and say, "What don't you like?" Mm-hmm and um and the rest just comes oh fabulous
0: yeah and is this in chelsea
1: it is yes it's in chelsea it's just in um in just off um in pimlico green
0: oh lovely um with all the traveling you do you must have got pretty adept at packing or filling the car with whatever are there a few items that always end up in your glove compartment or your handbag or your carry-on luggage Um, that you don't travel without that i don't travel without Mm.
1: um i have by terry uh Baume de rose lipstick lipstick just it's just lovely for moisturizing um i have a gorgeous white company uh gray cashmere shawl
0: which is fantastic she's one of your pals am i right she's a great friend of mine
1: um and um so I love that because I'm either using it on a plane to keep warm or to roll up as a pillow. It's just it's just super Your versatile. comfort blanket. It's my comfort blanket. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, and what do you want another one? One more item. One more item. Um, oh, I think um, I've got a very old uh, pair of trainers. Uh, I, 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 they're not designer trainers. I think they might have come from Zara, actually. But they're the most comfortable trainers in the world, and I always take those. Because I love walking when I get to wherever my destination is. Brilliant. They might not fit in
0: my glove box. (laughs) Well, I think we'll allow them. Do you know what I always bring with me? I'm just listening to you. Thank you. Which my mother has taught me. I always bring a hot water bottle. Now, not in the glove compartment, but if I'm traveling, because you never know with a hotel if the air conditioning is going to be mental or if the room is going to be freezing or whatever. And I always bring a hot water bottle with me. So So I will raise your comfort blanket to my hot water bottle. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. good good point. (laughs) Um, Now, if you could wake up tomorrow with a newly acquired skill or set of skills, what would it be?
1: Newly Acquired skills.
0: Well, I mean, if I
1: hadn't been, uh, if I hadn't ended up being a jeweler, I would have loved to have been a florist.
0: Oh, nice one. Well, Mm. it's the same use of colour. Yes, it is. I don't
1: know what it is. And combinings and design. Oh, lovely. But but, uh, whether it be combining. Anyway, I would love in between links of London and Anoushka. I kind of did think maybe I might
0: do this. Well, it could be the next move. Maybe watch the space. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, actually, I could see a little Anushka flower shop, a yeah. little flower area outside any mm. of the big boutiques. Um, tell me, where does your heart lie in terms of charities? What sector do you go to first? Um, well,
1: I'm a patron for uh, the Princess Trust uh, Women Supporting Women um, campaign, and I'm passionate about that because I feel I have been so lucky through my life, and you know that's just about helping young people um, to get the confidence they need, and sometimes it's just a quick conversation that could change something. So, um, and I started the Brilliant Breakfast to raise money specifically uh, for this
0: for the, for the for the this charity. What is the Brilliant Breakfast? Can you tell us about
1: it? So, the Brilliant Breakfast is uh, happens in October. Um, And it's a breakfast where you will get together with your friends, you'll ask your friends, colleagues to get together over breakfast um, and give whatever they can afford uh, towards towards helping the princess trust. And it's just a very, why everyone says, why breakfast? Breakfast because it's easy, it's uh, not scary, it could be a boiled egg and I want every household flat in the country to be doing this in in a few years time. Oh,
0: brilliant! So October is brilliant breakfast week. It is. Oh, cool! Um, now, your idea of a perfect Friday night. Oh gosh, I like to be curled up on my sofa
1: with my dogs, with a fire, uh, ideally watching a good chick flick.
0: Are you? <laughs> do you live in London or at weekends do you go somewhere else?
1: At home is um, home is in Sussex, in West Sussex, um, and so I spend.
0: Um, a few days a week in London, but home is very much West Sussex. Oh, brilliant! And um, actually, one thing I must ask you about: you are, of course, Anushka Dukas, MBE. I am, and your husband John also. When did that happen, and what was that big occasion like? It was. It happened in two thousand and twelve.
1: Um, oh my goodness! What what a special, what a really f- special thing that was for both of us to have it. Um, which you're allowed to have three guests. Uh, each so actually that meant we had all of our children and John's parents so it was really really fantastic. and who gave you the honour um and Princess Anne gave me the
0: honour. Oh, fantastic. Princess Anne gave me the honour and it was a real honour, actually. It was absolutely wonderful. Actually, I'm just thinking what one would design for her for a charm. You'd have a huge would it be rugby ball? Would it be <laughs> Would it be horses? Which does that do with horses? I mean, she's 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 amazing. Brilliant, she brilliant. And last question. Two thousand and twenty four, as it stretches out in front of us, is there anything you particularly want to achieve this year? Yeah, you know,
1: I'm really excited about about Anushka and what 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 changes we're going to make. Um, and Getting a new CEO in, it's very very <laughs> exciting. Yeah, I feel totally energized and kind of really looking forward to the year. Will you throw it the keys and
0: say? No, <laughs> I, no, 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 no! I won't do that. Good. I won't do that. Good, Anushka. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Melanie. It's always lovely to see you. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Huge thanks to Anushka for popping in here to the Image offices in the middle of her very busy trip to Dublin, and for telling us such brilliant stories and bringing some fascinating points about brand development and the luxury world to the fore. Thanks to Fergal Curtis, a.k.a. The Portable Producer, and to Sophie Power, our podcast producer at Image. Work Rest Slay comes to you in partnership with Range Rover, inspired by exemplary design since 1970. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, rate, and or comment on whatever platform you're listening. So thank you so much again, and see you next month for another Work Rest Slay.